0: So if I told you I can't see anymore very well, anybody that's got the gift of healing wants to come up and lay hands on me and restore my sight back to the way it was when I was 20 years old, I'll take it. Anybody else in the room want that? Telling you right now, Jesus heal me. (laughs) Well, listen, uh, he's risen today. Did you know that? Jesus is risen. Come on, you can give him a better shot than that. Jesus is risen today. Now, you might notice my lovely wife is not with me. This morning, she uh, went ahead and headed down to our our campus in Largo, Florida. Um, Many of you know, we've announced that uh, we're going to be changing the name Gateway to Reach Church. So if you didn't know that, you know that now. Um, It's going to change to Reach Church. We're looking about May. You'll start seeing some things rolling out. We're talking about it. You'll see Facebook kind of change and those things. We have a new website being developed for both campuses. When you come on a landing page, you'll come onto the landing page of Reach Church, and it'll have... Click here for Largo, Florida, or click here for Colorado Springs. Can you give the Lord an amen? amen. So uh, we had some stuff she had to work on down there, uh, some of that behind the scenes. Uh, many of you may not know, Angie does uh, finance and, and works on the books. Uh, we have a CPA that she works with, Kim Wick, who attended church here for 30 plus years, 36 years, I think it was. Um, but he still remains our CPA, thank God, because he's an ace. Uh, who can attest that knows Ken Wick? He's an ace. He's, he's amazing. So uh working with him there were some things that we knew we had to to kind of start to work on. And so uh as much as uh, I wanted her for here for Easter and she wanted to be here for Easter, we looked at each other and like, yeah, you need to head on down and start getting those things taken care of. And that's we we knew when we we signed on for this this uh journey uh together that uh it, about 3 months it's going to take for us to get our hands around it and she and I feel like we're back when I was in the military. It's like She's deployed right now, and I'm at home, and then I'm going to deploy, and then she's at home, and we pass each other in the night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But I believe in what we're doing. I believe in the Great Commission. I believe in this church and their heart to reach beyond just our body of believers and take the gospel, right, wherever the Lord may call us to go. And that's a great opportunity to see this church um, turned around, uh, restarted, uh, a rebirth, if you will. So it's the baby. Say, baby. How many you got a baby right in your arms right there? How many got babies in your arms? A few of you, you know. How many know the babies need attention? So I've had some folks like, "Hey, when are you gonna be back to preach?" Well, I'm here this Sunday. I'm with you on Easter. Come on now, right? But but I'll be heading back out to go and nurse the, you know, put the bottle in the baby's mouth, and comfort the baby, right? Change the baby diapers, right? Now they're, they're, you got to know there's some seasoned folks down there that have been a part of the body. That I mean they're holding on. You, you got to understand when you when when you see a church it declines and it people are leaving and it's it's going down and it's going down and it's going down and it's going down and you're kind of there and you're holding the fort. Anybody ever held the fort before? Uh, I got to tell you, there there's some champions there, and they held on, man, all the way. It's like, man, please God, please do something. And then when they said, hey Derek, would you come down, Pastor's Church? I'm like leave my church in Colorado Springs. No, no I ain't doing that. What you crazy? And then I'm walking to the car and I'm talking to my wife and I say to her like, I'm not doing that. And then and I have this moment, Pastor Warren. And and, and most people who've been in ministry or or served in the Kingdom of God long enough as saints, you, you kind of know when you say, I'll never do that. God kind of makes you do your nevers. So walk into the car and I'm saying and I went, Well, Lord, I I would do it if um if you wouldn't mind making sure we had a worship pastor, you know, from day one. And some of you know this story. But, but what I did is I said, you know, Lord, I'd, I'd do it, but i got to have a worship pastor from day one. I, I, I can't sing very well. Amen. And I certainly can't. Easy there. <laughs> and I certainly can't play an instrument. It's just not my gift, you know. Um, so I knew that going in, it's like if we don't have worship, man. How many of you enjoy worship this morning? Amen. Praise God, man. It's great to have live worship, and I just knew going in. I mean, we got to have worship in the house, because my Bible tells me when the children of Israel, right, when they would go into battle, and, and it's a battle if you wanna if you wanna push back the works of darkness that have that have uh, brought that church from seven hundred or thousands of people down to twenty eight people holding the fort. There, there's a warfare going on there, and I, I am not willing to go into battle without worship going before. Why? He always sent the worshipers in before the warriors. And so I'm like, God, you got to give me worship. So I I thought I know a way out of this. I'm going to fast for three days. How many fasted just water fast for three days? It's rough. Seven's harder. 21's even harder. 40, just make sure you consult a physician. You might die. (laughs) But I remember I said, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. God, if you want me to do this, then you got to give me an answer on that. Third day of my fast, about, you know, five o'clock in the evening, I'm sitting at home in my chair, I'm actually reading my Bible, and uh, I said that like I don't read my Bible. That didn't sound, a, I was reading my Bible, like I always do, no, anyway, uh, so I'm sitting there and reading my Bible, and uh, I wasn't thinking much about it, that's kind of how it is, like I've turned it over to God, I'm, my part is to pray and to fast, and his part is to do the miracle, right? And it's going to take a miracle to get a, a worship pastor in there and give me the answer in three days. I don't know if God can do that one. Come on, you ever been there? I don't know if God, you know what, I'm going to fast and pray. I don't really want to do this, but I feel like the Lord's telling me to do it. And I know a way out of it. I'm going to fast and pray. because I just can't see how God's going to pull this off. Phone rings. Hello? It's my buddy Josh Grimes who pastors in Ohio. Or he's a district director and a regional executive director in, in for over seven states but lives in Ohio. And uh, he said, hey, man. I said, hey, what's up? He said, uh, listen, uh, you know, I know you know a, a number of pastors down in that St. Pete, Tampa, you know, Clearwater area. Um, look, man, my brother, Jake, you know, he's been on staff, you know, at my, at my dad's church for 23 years. He grew up there leading worship, you know, all his whole life in ministry has been leading worship. And uh, he just feels like he and his wife feel the Lord's calling him to go down to that area. Uh Hey, man, who's been talking to you? About what? I'm like, no, no, no. Somebody, who called you? Nobody called me. What what are you talking about? No, Jake came to me. He goes, man, about a a week or so ago, he came to me and said, man, my wife and I feel a God and, and been talking about it for months, but just felt God distinctly told them, you need to move down to that area. I said, nobody's talked to you he said, Derek, I don't know what you're talking about. I went, yeah, so this is what's going on. And I'm on the third day of my fast. And how many of you know that God has a way of showing up on the third day to raise things up that you think, right, are gone? Or, look, they were in an impossible situation. I felt like I'm in an impossible situation. I don't want to leave here. How's God going to do this? I can't see how it's going to work. Well, maybe it just works the way Jesus designed the church. We have some amazing pastors here. I've been blessed to watch their messages online and watch the worship service and see what God is doing uh, through team. Watching how the body of believers here is embracing what God is doing and understanding that you have a great harvest as a result of believing in faith and praying and giving towards all that we're doing to, to restart that church in Largo. Um, so my my lovely wife got on a plane yesterday morning to head down and, and do some of the work that she has to do beginning Monday morning, so we just said, you know, best if you go now. Now here's the thing. All of this kind of fits within the framework of something. He's risen, and he's all about raising up things that seems as though they've died, or that have died. See, every single one of us do you realize before Christ came into our life, we're all dead in our trespasses and sins? Is what the Bible says, dead in our trespasses and sins. Now, no, well, I'm alive. What are you talking? I'm dead. The whole thing is, is in the in 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 the garden when Adam sinned, when he rebelled. Eve might have been deceived, but Adam, open right, rebelled against God. And in 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 both of their acts, what it brought is it brought the fall of mankind. Say the fall, the fall of mankind. Uh, what's well, called original sin it brought sin into the world it caused this world to fall god had said the day you eat of that tree you shall surely die yeah quite the shocker you know they take the bite and it's like well, we're still here yeah physically emotionally mentally you might be there but spiritually you have died and what will follow suit behind the spirit dying in you is that your physical body your mental and emotional presence will begin to decline come on somebody And if you go back and read how long they lived back then. Somebody say 800 years. Now I don't know about you. But when I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror. And I see how you know. Things just aren't where they used to be. I look in there and I think 800 years on this man. Anybody ever seen the Crypt Keeper? It'd be pretty rough. But they died. They subjected all mankind as the Bible says to futility. The first Adam. Adam in the garden, called the first Adam, subjected all mankind to futility. The struggle, right? The struggle to to, uh, make it in life, the struggles that we face, the struggles in our relationships, and striving in our life to, to just get ahead and to have an easier life, to have more comfort, to working harder and harder and harder. All those things that this life brings have an element of suffering. And I want to say to you that the greatest suffering you'll ever do is, as the Bible says, that all who would live godly in this life, in this world, right? All who would live godly will suffer. You'll suffer persecution, rejection, people that just blow you off like, you know, that whole Jesus thing, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, it may not now, but one day it will. It can now. It it, it will, no matter what you do, one day, you all understand what the great judgment is, right, the final judgment. And one day, the reckoning comes, and the Bible says that every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, period. Hands down, done. No more arguments, right? Yeah, but, 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 you know, no, depart from me. I never knew you. That's how that goes. I don't know about you. I don't want to be landing at that, in that place, in that moment, I want to land in the place that says, Enter in. Come on, can anybody finish it? Thou good and faithful servant. That's where I want to land. The beauty of all of this is that when you think of the fall of Adam, the fall of Adam really is a fall into a story. It's a story that we have fallen into. Adam was a, a part of the beginning, and he fell. But there's a story that he actually fell into. It reminds me of a joke I heard once. A guy was walking across the graveyard. And as he was walking across, it was late at night. It was dark. And he fell into a freshly dug grave. And every effort he put forth to get out of that grave, jump and climb and scratch and everything he tried to do, he could not get out of the grave. Finally, he just settled that You know, I'll just wait till morning when somebody you know, comes out here and, and uh, there's light. And, uh, and I'll get out then So he kind of settled back and sat down in a, in, in where the shadow was cast into the, into the grave back in the back corner on a pile of dirt and just sat there to wait for morning A little bit goes by and another guy's walking across the, the graveyard and falls into the same grave jumps, scratches dig, trying to get out, trying to get out trying to get out and from the shadowy corner of that grave he heard a voice say you'll never get out of here I'm here to tell you, he got out. Hmm. (laughs) And I want to tell you that I believe that when our Savior was crucified, when he was buried, he was put in that grave, I believe of all of hell, I believe the devil was sitting in his dark corner and was saying, you'll never get out of here. But I'm here to tell you, we serve a risen Lord. Amen. Matthew uh, 28 and verse 6 says, He isn't here, speaking of the, the grave, the tomb. He is risen from the dead, just as He said would happen. Come, see where His body was lying. These three words, He is risen, are the centerpiece of the epic story of Jesus Christ. Let me say it another way. These three words are the centerpiece Of a story that we have fallen into. Every single one of us. Have fallen into a story. About the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. We've fallen into a story. Where we either accept that. Or we reject it. If you've accepted it. You understand that it's been by God's grace. And leading and the power of his Holy Spirit. At work within your life. It's not you that saved yourself. Right? You didn't save yourself. Lest any man should boast. But it's Jesus Christ. By his grace. That has saved you. It is God's spirit that has led you to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a a movie. Well, let me say this. This is is from the book. Uh, If you've ever seen the movie, uh, The Two Towers, uh, Lord of the Rings. uh, You got um, um, uh, Frodo and Samwise Gamgee. You guys know who I'm talking about? Some of you know? Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that's okay. Just hang on. It'll be all right. So, so, but there was books written. You understand before the movies were done, the books were written written years and years ago by a guy named Tolkien. Uh, there's a uh, a section of that, this interaction that takes place uh, where they're Mount Doom and uh, Frodo and, and Samwise Gamgee, uh, uh, Sam the Brave, right? They're having this interaction and they're talking, if you will, it's the crux of the story. It's where... They're talking about what they're in as a story and what kind of story they would like it to be versus what it is. And, and maybe there's there's what we would like our story to be, but then there's what God has intended to be for a greater purpose. Well, we know, we know, before I get into this, before we uh, 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 look at what they were talking about, Jesus, you have to understand, it was the fall that put him in a place to take upon himself All the sins that came because of the fallen nature. It's a story that we fall into, but Jesus jumped right in with us. Amen. Remember, uh, we may not be able to get out of that grave, but Jesus is. And Jesus knows the way out and he can lead us out into victory. Amen. And so when you understand that here uh, in this story as they're interacting, you want to kind of reflect on the fact of the story of Jesus when he's wrestling in the garden of Gethsemane. He's going to go to the cross, right? Hey, hey, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus was living out an epic story of redeeming mankind from their fallen nature. And this story, as it goes with with Frodo and and Sam the Brave, um, I think reflects really well on that perspective the Lord of the Rings, two towers. I don't like anything here at all, said Frodo. Step or stone, breath or bone, earth, air, water, all seem accursed, but so our path is laid. Yes, that's so, said Sam, and we shouldn't be here at all if we'd known more about it before we started. But I suppose it's often that way the brave things in the old tales and songs. Mr. Frodo, adventure, as I used to call them. I used to think that they were things the wonderful folk of the stories went out and looked for because they wanted them, because they were exciting and, and life was a bit dull, and kind of a, a sport, as you might say. But that's not the way of it. With the tales, that really mattered. Or the ones that stay in mind. Folks just seem to have landed in them. Usually their paths were laid that way, as you put it. But I expect they had lots of chances like us of turning back, only they didn't. And if they had, we shouldn't know because they'd been forgotten. We hear about those as just went on. And not all to a good end, mind you. At least not to what folk inside a story and not outside it call a good end. I don't think a lot of people would call Jesus' end on the cross a good end. Amen? (laughs) Problem is, they didn't see the end. Like Mr. Bilbo, but those aren't always the best tales to hear. Though they may be the best tales to get landed in. I wonder what sort of tale we have fallen into. I wonder what sort of story we've fallen into. Did you ask yourself that today? I wonder what kind of story I've fallen into. Romans 8, or excuse me, 323 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. You want to know the story that we fall into? We've fallen into a story that needs redemption. We've fallen into a, a story where we're all sinners who need to be saved by God's grace. Amen. Uh, it's a story that we've fallen into of sin, of betrayal, of offense, of politics run amok, of power struggles, of racism, of chauvinism, of bigotry, of sickness, of demonic possession, Pride unbelief, darkness, etc., etc. All those things operating in our marriages and families and friendships and, and, and the people we work with everywhere we go in our society, in our government. And we see stories, if you turn on the news, you're going to get a whole lot more bad than you're going to get good. Is that not the truth? And all the more important why you need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you are surrounded with a fallen story. But you've got to know that you're a part of a story that you've fallen into where there is an invitation of redemption. Think about it this way, as I said when I was praying earlier, that the Lamb of God was slain on Resurrection Sunday. No. The Bible says the Lamb of God was slain from the foundations of the earth. Before anything existed. Before it existed, Jesus was already committed to come. Should mankind fall into a story of loss, of falling short. He was going to come so that that was not going to be the end of the story. Amen. If we can recognize that these are areas that uh, the fall applies to. And be willing, listen, i want to give you a secret here to your walk with Christ, uh, your walk in life to everlasting life. Are you ready for it? I'm not convinced. Who wants a secret to everlasting life? I mean, do you really want it? Because you know if you really want it, you'll be ready for it. Repent. If you can recognize where you fell into the story, That it's all those things that are a fall in our life. The mistakes, the sins, the things that we have done wrong that causes us to fall into this. We've fallen into all of falling short of God's glory. If you can recognize that, your response then is to repent. That's why the Bible says that the law is the schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Anybody ever heard that scripture before? The law is the schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. How does the schoolmaster, think of a schoolmaster. What do you you think of when you see a schoolmaster? A stick, that's very good. I was thinking a ruler, but wow, you really had a rough, you know. And you go back in time, well, you got to go back in this time when you think of a schoolmaster, right. Um, uh, We had a principal in our school growing up, Concord Elementary. Uh, Brent, you remember? Miss Burkhart. I think you got a, a good one from her, didn't you? I think I was, sitting, I was sitting in the second grade when that happened. Sorry, brother, to, to throw that out there. Miss Burkhart was a former nun, so she knew how to do it. But if she could bring the discipline, let me tell you right now. I remember sitting in class one time, and, and this young man, he had done some wrong things. He got right up, and, and like, it was like a tower, right? It's kind of like the story, the two towers. She had a tower for her office. Nothing else was up there. It was just her office, and, and you had to walk the long steps up to the tower to get your punishment I never got any punishment I was always a good boy no I have fallen short and sinned as well Um, so you fall into this story but you got to recognize that repentance is the way to walk in to the good news of that story when you repent it's because you recognize what Jesus did for you the Holy Spirit brings conviction of your sin and you recognize, man, my sin hung him on the cross, the same as their sin in his day hung them, hung him on the cross. And when you can acknowledge that, look, see, it takes, man, it hurts our pride to say I'm wrong. Man, you ever been wrong in a in an argument or a conversation with you know your your you know spouse, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or your mom or your dad, or your, your kids, or whatever? And, and in you, it's like, I know I'm wrong, but I am not admitting that. Because here, I'll never live it down. They will hold it against me the rest of my life, right? I am not admitting, pride. God's not going to hold anything against you if you admit it to him. I need you to know the story that you've fallen into is one of love, amen? Let me read it to you and, and, and give you, if you will, the, to experience that story in its fullness repentance is that way to seize the gift that he's given you. Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. Look at everything that Jesus has done for us in the story that we've fallen into. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a shoot out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness and we see him For our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, he didn't defend himself. He knew the story that he was a part of, and he knew the benefit it would be for, or he knew who would benefit from it. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong. This is where it turns from his sacrifice to the resurrection in this prophetic proclamation by Isaiah. Listen to it again. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many. You understand when you're saved, right? You want the doctrine of justification. You want to simplify it. It's this. It's just as, as if you'd never sinned that you might have fallen into the story by your sin, but what Jesus does when you fall in love with him is he redeems your story and justice is served to God for your sins through his sacrifice. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many. And Here it is. And made intercession for transgressors. Jesus. That means Jesus put himself. Between God and you. Jesus. Just walks right between. Your sin. And God's righteousness. And he says I'll take that upon myself. So when we understand that. When the Holy Spirit actually starts to speak to our heart. The revelation. Say, say information say illumination and say impartation. What happens is is that you can hear the information of this today or the Holy Spirit. I'm just a man speaking the words of God. But if the Spirit of God speaks into your heart, He will illuminate His Word to you. And all of a sudden, you'll receive an impartation of God's Spirit to have faith in everything that Christ has done for you. That's when you fall into the epic story of Jesus Christ. Epic what? It doesn't end with the sin. It doesn't end with the faults. It doesn't end with the mistakes. It goes on to the redemption and the restoration and the reconciliation of Jesus Christ's work in your life. Amen? So, so he, uh, he is risen. So even though we have fallen, we have fallen into a story of power over the fall. Uh, power over the fall and it gives us hope that we can rise up from every fall through his resurrection power into that story of redemption every fall every fall your mistakes husbands you yelled at your wife lately you said things to her you wish you could reel back in I mean I like to go fishing and I, I tell you what man you ever had a bad cast anybody go fishing in here you ever had a bad cast? You ever have your whole, you know, your, your line all just like a just bunch up because, you know, it was a bad cast? You ever have it happen? You're thinking, I'm done fishing for the day. You ever do that in your relationship? You kind of like cast that word out there and you're like, whoa, I'm done for the day, <laughs> right? Wives, you ever disrespect your husbands? Parents, you ever too hard on your kids? You know, the Bible says, provoke not your children unto wrath, right? Kids, you ever disrespect your mom and dad? Lack the honor for your mother and father that you ought to? That goes for all of us adults as well. Let me tell you all those things that we might fail at. Jesus is big enough to redeem us from. And oftentimes people can get in their mind, I can't make it back from this. Husbands and wives think that they can't make it back from the mistakes that they may make in a relationship. But I want you to know, there's nothing beyond the reach of Jesus Christ and his resurrection power to redeem every situation in your life. Starting with you. Beginning with you. Your story. Let your story not just be one. You, look, you didn't have a choice. You were born into sin. Adam chose to fall into it. Right? But once you're born again, do you know that when you, when you, when you sin, you choose to fall into it? I'm telling you, fall into love with Jesus and you'll stop falling into sin. Amen. It's like pastor preaching about sin, man. Move on. Hmm. See, fall into a, res- a story of receiving then giving. Write that down if you're taking notes. Fall into a story of receiving then giving. Because you can't receive from the Lord and not be like him in nature. Be a giver. See, the Bible says, Jesus said this, if you don't forgive, you're not... If you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. So so I want to receive forgiveness, Lord. Right? I think uh, Pastor Zach talked about the, the unforgiving master. Remember that? He was forgiven much, and then he wouldn't forgive a little. Think about how much Jesus has forgiven you. Who are you mad at in your life? Who are you holding odd against? Because I want you to know... It becomes a dam to God's grace and His forgiveness flowing into your life. He wants it to, but you got to choose for it to repent, because it is sin for you to withhold forgiveness from somebody else. It's sin to hold on to anger and offense. Did you know offense is sin? Well, I have the right to be offended, though they did this to me. No, you don't. I have the right to be offended. Yeah, but Jesus died on the cross for that sin too. So you, you know what else you have the right to do? To release that offense, give it to Jesus. And let your story be a redemptive story. Amen. So, so uh, we, we've fallen into a story of receiving and giving. A story of receiving grace and giving grace. A story of receiving mercy and giving mercy. Why is that important? Grace and mercy. You can't get mercy without first having grace. See, come boldly before God's throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. It's grace. Grace that ushers you to the place of mercy. Mercy is what you need so that you don't live in condemnation and and guilt, right, and shame. It lifts you up out of that and causes you to be able to give others the very same thing. See, we can have a condemnative nature when we're living in condemnation ourselves, But when we get in God's grace and obtain His mercy, it's amazing how grace and mercy flow out of us. Amen? And then it's a story of receiving love and giving love. A story of receiving forgiveness again and giving forgiveness. A story of receiving healing so that we can give healing. A story of receiving freedom so that we can free others. It's a story of abundant life. His resurrection is all about bringing life to us. When you look at uh, Luke 24, and this is Jesus kind of helping some disciples understand Kind of the the fullness of the story that they've fallen into. Luke 24, 44 through 49. It has everything to do with the resurrection. his death, burial, and resurrection, but man, the emphasis around resurrection. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds. There's that, right? Information. Then He opened their minds, right? Illumination. He opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. Here it goes. You are witnesses of these things. I am going... Sorry, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Impartation. Information, illumination, impartation. And on the day of Pentecost is what he's speaking about. And they waited, and the Holy Spirit came and filled them. They were empowered to go be witnesses to do what? To share the gospel, to bring information that the Spirit of God might move, and that that their minds, because I can't open your mind, but Jesus certainly can. He can speak to your heart in such a way through God's Word that it opens your mind to think differently than you thought. And in that moment, when you decide to think differently, see, that's you yielding your will. I want it my way to say, God, what's your way? And when you yield like that, then comes the invitation for Him to come and give you an impartation by his spirit amen so these disciples are walking along and they're struggling because Jesus has been crucified he's been buried but they don't know anything about him being resurrected they know he said he would but they haven't seen him they're cruising along sad <laughs> so bad you know Jesus you know we love him so much and he taught us so many good things and they're walking along talking sorrowful is what the bible says and Jesus <laughs> Do me a favor, stand up. Joe, jump out here with him. Go go back here. Now you got a picture. So I'm not Jesus. Let's make this clear. I'm not Jesus. Say pastor's not Jesus. Okay. But I'm gonna act in the role of Jesus right now. And there are the two disciples walking along. Walk along sad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you know, Jesus being where he is, always looking down upon us and thinking about us and he's like poor fellas hold on slow down a little bit you gotta go slower man you gotta be really sad you know Jesus being the guy he is he's like hey guys how's it going right he comes up to him and joins himself to them he's like why are you so sorrowful oh well are you the only stranger you guys can sit down are you the only stranger in all of Israel give him a hand if you're going to give him a hand are you the only stranger in all of Israel Jesus, you know, um, it, it, you know, he, they crucified Jesus, and after all, this is the third day, right? Because he had told them he'd rise on the third day, and women see hiding her hair at Jesus, and they're talking to Jesus. You now, often you can actually be talking to Jesus, and you don't recognize it, because it's always got to go back to the story. You got to get back to the story. You always got to be at that place of recognizing him as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations. you got to have the whole story to understand the story that you fall into. In your trespasses and sins is, is not a story that's to leave you there. It's a story to raise you up from there. It's a story to get you out of the grave. You know, when you hear the devil saying, you can't get out of here. Well, Jesus did, and I'm following him. And it's His resurrection power at work within me when I invite the Spirit of God and He's given me that revelation and understanding that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in us as believers bodily. It dwells in us and then when we call upon that and we begin to speak to our situations, this is where the Bible says that if you have faith and you ask and don't doubt, you can say to this mountain, be cast in the sea and it'll be cast, Pike's Peak. Be cast into Clearwater, Florida, you, know, or, you know, Largo, Florida. <laughs> Come on. If you didn't catch that, you ain't breathing. <laughs> God will take amazing things and he'll multiply them in our life beyond our comprehension. He'll do exceedingly abundantly all you could ask, hope, or even think in your life if you trust him. And understand that you're, you've fallen into an amazing story if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, today, as we prepare our hearts for communion, that's how I want to uh, close our service today, is to reflect on that broken body of Jesus and the blood that he shed for our sins. And I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads. Do it at home, too, if you would. I know we can't see you. Uh, online, but I going to ask you to do that because what I want you to do is I want you to reflect where are the areas in your life where you feel like you've fallen? Is your marriage fallen? your relationship with your the person you love, your family falling? you've fallen apart? You don't know how to put them back together. Your career, your finances, your health it's not about prosperity on that it's about the fact that Jesus cares about you and if you can take and identify those areas the fallen places you've fallen into a story where he wants to redeem it he wants to work a miracle in those areas of your life but what we're going to read in a moment about these disciples is they have a moment of communion with Jesus. Jesus will not barge into your life. He won't force his way in. He has to be invited. Your free will. We invite him in. He'll come in and he'll sup. The Bible actually says that. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, any man or woman will open the door, I will come in. The Father and I the, the Trinity, the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I will we will come and we'll make our abode, we'll make our dwelling place in you. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. He'll make his dwelling place in you. And let me say this: where God dwells, there is blessing. Period. No argument about it. Where he dwells, there is blessing. So as you identify those things, I want you to. Just see yourself. Invite Jesus. Hey, Lord, would you take these fallen, broken pieces in my life? In the story that I've fallen into and let me experience the redemption and reconciliation of the power of your resurrection in those areas of my life. You can open your eyes. We're going to receive communion if you prepare your elements. the Bible actually says that there's two ordinances the Lord's Supper the communion holy communion or or and water baptism these are the two ordinances of the church so when we do this as a body that expression of recognizing his body that was broken and his blood that was shed is so so important for each and every one of us to recognize so, um, these disciples are walking along with Jesus. We're going to take everything together. I'll get there in a second. Uh, these disciples are walking along with Jesus. And what happens is, they, uh, they make like they're going to go, or Jesus makes like he's going to go on and they invite him to come in with them. I want to read this to you. Luke 24, 28 through 32. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. That's the gentleman. He's not inviting himself in. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Watch. What did I say to you? Information. He's expounding with them. Um, you have illumination and then you have impartation. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Now, I don't know about you, but I got to say, if all those things happened and then Jesus disappeared from my sight, I'd be pretty illuminated. And I definitely feel like I'd just been imparted to, right? <laughs> They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? That's your Lord and Savior. You get in the Bible and you begin to read and you begin to have conversations with the Lord. I promise you, he will open the scriptures to you and you'll see. But this passage specifically, why communion, why around communion? Because in this passage, we see exactly what God did with his son, the living bread that came down from heaven. So the Bible calls him the living bread. As God took him, he blessed him, he broke him, and he gave him to all mankind. And so today, as we take together, I'm going to read from Matthew 26, 26 through 27, where we see the Lord in the Last Supper with his disciples. And it says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. me pray over you as we go father I thank you for your people God I thank you the love that you have for us is so grand God we could never imagine it but God just experiencing it just moments Lord God that we have those experiences with you transforms it changes us And God I pray for your people today when they leave God that they leave taking your yoke because it's easy and Lord, walking in that yoke because your burden is light. pray you lift their heavy burdens, God. Again, in their marriages, Lord, when there's been conflict, I pray harmony would set down on those marriages, those relationships, God. In their family, God, I pray for health and, and, and freedom and vitality, Lord God. In all their relationships, I pray the children would rise in the morning and call their mother blessed. And that, Lord, they would honor their father just as you honored the Heavenly Father. I thank you for your people and I bless them in the mighty name of Jesus on this Resurrection Sunday. May they enjoy their conversations, the food that they have today as they celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a great week.